Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. Developers always need to learn new things. It could be a new version of something that they already use. It could be a completely new tool that's uh, being introduced to the project. So Aaron, as a developer, I want to ask you, how do you learn something new? Do you have a, a strategy that you use? I stopped learning things back in 1992 <laughs> when I learned Basica. Oh. So I'm probably not the right person to ask. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so one of the things that I'm a, a big fan of, well, there, there's two different steps I do. I read about something and then I practice that thing. Mm, okay. um, so I think the first thing that's pretty important in my book uh, is documentation. Mm, I, I read the manual. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing, um, but we don't want to just stop there. Right. So you read the manual and then you start to uh, apply uh, some of the things you've learned. So I was talking with another programmer the other day, uh, and we were talking about why we need to practice things. And I said, when you read the Laravel manual in the eloquence section, and it says has many through, I mean, it was obvious how that worked. They wrote it down there in plain English yep. and all of the code I needed was right there. I'll tell you the first time I wrote a has many through, it didn't work. It wasn't Laravel's fault. It was my fault because I didn't really know how to do it. I read it. It was in yeah. the documentation, but I needed to practice it. I needed to put what I've learned uh, into practice and, and do it more than once to get it right. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I have to do it. I will say that has many through, it might be kind of an interesting example because that might be one that I go to the docs more than, than <laughs> I care to admit. But you're right though. You read something and you're following along, you're kind of mentally tracking like, yeah, this makes sense. This is cool. And then you sit down to like try to build something and you inevitably hit one or two things that you either don't remember from reading the docs or that weren't covered in the docs. And it forces you to sort of stretch your knowledge a little bit. But that's, for me, that's where like the best learning takes place. I think some programmers take it a little too far in the other direction now. They think maybe I don't even have to read anything and I'll just take this code out and start uh, messing with it. I'll be honest, I've done that too. You look at a readme real quick and you're like, there's a code example. I'll just copy that example. And surely through magic osmosis, I now know how this all works. And if it doesn't work based off of something I made up in my head, I get really upset. And it's really like, maybe you should read it too. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a balance. You probably don't want to, like Laravel, let's take that as a specific example. Would you, would, you wouldn't tell somebody, sit down and read the entire manual before reaching for PHP Storm to try something out? Or you know, like where, where would right, you try right. right. So, okay, I, I understand uh, your question here. So it's a kind of a thing that I did uh, with the PHP manual as well. Mm-hmm what I would do is I would look up a, a function and I'd find that function and find the instructions I'd read through. Maybe I'll read a couple of the comments and giggle to myself over the arguments that, that, that appeared. I like to read the minus 10 comments, all the ones that say right. minus 10 or minus 20. Be, don't dim these out on me. I want to see them. That's good stuff um, there. <laughs> but then w once I'd finished it and I have my solution, I might even apply it, but I haven't closed that tab yet. I usually take another minute or so and say, what are some of the other suggested functions uh, that are uh, 
uh, on this page or maybe if you're like on the string functionality there's usually on the right hand side there's a huge list of other mm -hmm. uh, functions and i'll click through on one other one and kind of read about it okay. so i think there's like a middle ground there too which is to say yeah. you don't have to read the whole php manual <laughs> in order to do php programming but uh you can you know invest a little time here and there and, and learn more things i would also knowing you you would say it's not unreasonable to at some point have read the whole thing. It's not, it's not so huge that you can't get through it. Um, right. And there's value in just sort of exploring it and having read it to completion to know all the things you don't know <laughs> unless you've done that. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's different ways to read a th documentation too. I think we've learned that as programmers, we, we may read over all the code or you read over all the documentation to know generally what's there, mm -hmm. but maybe not all the specifics. And so when I say read all the documentation on Laravel's website, I don't mean sit down for the whole entire day and read line by line, but I, I do mean click through each one and, and kind of scan over the stuff, look at the headlines, look at a couple of examples and get an idea of what's there. And then later on, if you run into something, you have a general idea that, oh, that probably might've been covered in the documentation and I'll go look and read it specifically. And after I've learned that one thing, I'll go read one other thing real quick. Okay. All right. That seems like a reasonable approach. So when it comes to learning and like the, the hands-on portion of it, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the docs. Um, any advice on where you should practice that? Like, should this be your, um, your main production app at work? Is that where you should try out some of these new things you're learning? <laughs> a little bit yeah, of a whatever softball I, question there. <laughs> whenever I learn new things, I always test it out in production. Yep. I don't even use version control. I just go right to the <laughs> server. Just, yeah, this is something new. Now, I, I think obviously in the way that you've so gently served that question to me, the answer is kind of uh, a given, but I think it's good to test out things you're learning, but not necessarily as part of a critical path of your production application. Yeah. You, that's why sometimes project or programmers will have side projects mm -hmm. or even side little tools at work. So if you've written a script to do a quick thing that helps you with your main job, maybe you re quickly refactor that, that script with um, new technology. Um, so yeah. you can put that in practice. Yeah. I know, I know some people have like a little pet project and that's like the thing that they try when they're learning a new language or framework. You know, the, the famous one is the to do app where there's, mm -hmm. you know, a hundred different ways to build that shout out to a book that I like. It's made by pragmatic press and it's something it's called something like 57 exercises for web developers. They're not whole projects, but they're like little things you could use to kind of kick the tires on a new language or a new framework. And I've, I've sometimes pulled that out, randomly picked something because they're, they're non-trivial, but they're not, it's not like a, a, a week long project to build something. It's just some nice ideas. If you're like, huh, I wonder how this would be. It's not foobar. It's actually something that's uh, worthwhile. It's, it's real stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, it's a neat reference. I would recommend checking that out if you're at all interested in learning new technologies and, and finding fun ways to, to get some hands on with it. It's the book itself is technology agnostic. It like doesn't deal with it at all. It's more like, here's something you might want to try to build to like figure out how to mm -hmm. parse strings or how to handle an HTTP request or whatever. So we talked a lot about uh, learning a new technology, but there's a lot of things that we use that are constantly updating and stuff too. So any tips that you have, Joel, for maybe when a new release of your favorite software comes out, how you can kind of stay current or what you should do? Sure. Yeah. I, I just went through this myself, actually. So Laravel recently had a, a major release version eight. 
I will generally go first to the change log just to get an overview. Now, in Laravel's case, the change log or the upgrade guide, they call it, it's not meant to be a complete documentation of what's new, but more gotchas to have in mind as you're upgrading. But the way I work, I just, that's kind of like, I like to know those things in advance and it's generally a pretty quick read. You know, there might be a handful of high level bullet points and um, it'll just give me a sense of like what's, what's new in a breaking way. But then, you know, I'll click around the docs and I'll, I'll find things in there. And sometimes I'll even read something and be like, is that new or did I just not know about it? And, you know, they have the little <laughs> toggle for the version number. Right. And so, you know, current versions eight, I'll change it to seven. Like, Oh wait, that was still in seven, but it's new to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I will go back to the docs and, and go through it again and pick up on those things. And it's amazing what you pick up on. That's not listed in a, 10 great new features of Laravel 8 or, you know, the, the announcement talk at Laracon. Um, there's some real gems in there that you'll find only by just kind of playing around in the docs and, and finding them for yourself. Yeah, I think that's a good point that the change log kind of summarizes things that have changed or have been newly added. The migration is things that you need to know that change the way this functionality worked from a previous version. Yeah. But there's really not a great summary of this is the detail of the change log. So you get, you know, top level bullet points, maybe, hey, there's, a, there's three new um, uh, collection methods um, and they're called this, but it doesn't really necessarily explain how they work or what they do. Right. You have to go to the documentation to actually find that then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know some people will, will look at the diffs, right? This is all open source. So once version eight is mm -hmm. tagged and out there, you can diff it to the last release of version seven, but that's, that's a lot of information and it might lead you, like you said, to points in the documentation, like, Oh, what, what do these new methods do? Or why did that signature change? Like what's, what's going on here? And, and most times stuff like that is covered in the docs. Cool. So when you're reading documentation and uh, maybe there's a mistake or it's just not good enough, speaking of softball questions, what can you do then? Well, it's not so much it's not good enough, but sometimes not every detail is listed in there. Sure. And I I was researching something, again, to use Laravel as an example, researching something recently when it comes to like, in, you know, when you have a form request and you can use arrays in there and there's this dot syntax that is a signal to Laravel like, oh, this is an array field that's going to come in. Well, what happens if you actually have a dot in your field name and you don't want to change it mm. for some reason. So I dug into the docs because I didn't see anywhere in there that it explained it. So I looked in the source code and I'm like, oh, well, you put a backslash before it. But then I'm like, well, like so you escape it. to escape it, right? Like it, it yeah. looks like you might escape it in a regular expression, but the deeper I dug into it, it's like, well, it really, it's kind of using that syntax, but it's not actually a regular expression. So you can't just like blindly use other regular expression type things in there. But anyways, mm -hmm. I spent maybe an hour poking around in the framework and, and figuring it out. And then I wrote it up in a blog post to share that knowledge. But I, then I went a step further and I submitted a pull request to the Laravel docs, which took me all of about five minutes. It was a sentence or two and a code sample. Mm -hmm. And then I shared that. So now if you go to form request page on Laravel docs, you'll see my little note that I added there. But um, nice. I bring this up not to focus on that point, but like, as you were leading me to share with people, the <laughs> documents can be, or documentation can be a collaborative thing. It's open source, just like the, the code is open source. So are the docs. Now, you know, you may 
think something's really important in the docs and they don't, the project doesn't think so and they don't want to add it. Well, you know what? You still have a blog for that, but um, share something. If, if it tripped you up and it wasn't there and you couldn't find it, then odds are it'll trip somebody else up and it's good to right. take a few minutes to add that. Aaron, as you may know, there are a lot of living creatures in my house. We have four kids and we have a lot of pets, right? So we have pets representing the mammals, dog, cat. Mm -hmm. We have fish, reptiles, amphibians, no birds, because that'd be crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways, there's a lot of things in the house and I'm kind of weird and I would like to mess with people, especially my kids. And so I've developed certain imitations of some of our animals. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll make a noise that one of our pets may make. And then the kid will be like, are they down here? Is the cat down here? What's going on? And I'm like, ha ha, that was me. Gotcha. <laughs> so for example, we have an old cat that makes this weird noise before it's going to throw up. You don't know how accurate that is. I, However, I don't feel like that's right. <laughs> it's right. That sounds like something I, from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. No. <laughs> no that's exactly how the cat sounds. In fact, I expect one of my kids to run into my office right now to look for the cat. But we, we just got a new kitten. And so I've had to raise my pitch and to kind of get some of those kitten noises going too. And I've been pretty successful. But Aaron, I'd like to ask you, do you have any pet impressions that you can make for us? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think I have any pet impressions, but I do have a tremendous pet story. If that Let's hear work. it. Let's hear it. So when I had a puppy, um, her name was Lily. Um, you know, when puppies are little, they, you know, they, they evacuate all of their stuff on your carpeting. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, I had somehow trained this dog to be kind of afraid of me. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, you know, trained it. Um, and then at one point, I remember I was sitting by my sliding door and, on the floor, and she was maybe like six feet from it. And she looks at me, and she just gives me those eyes, and she goes, mm. and I'm like, what? And she, Bleh. and I'm like, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna Ralph. And I look at her, and I and I say no, and she goes, Bleh. and I said, Lily, no. And she kind of like, goes, I'm like, Lily, no. And I just growled as low as I could. And then she kind of said, Bleh. and so that I slowly got up because I was like, I don't want to scare her into, I don't know, fear vomiting. Um, and I put on running her, across her, the living room. <laughs> her chain and slowly walked to the sliding door. And she's going Bleh, Bleh, the entire time. And I said, no. And I opened the door and she went outside and I said, okay. And she, all over the place. <laughs> And it's like a story I love to tell because like it, it was amazing but it's also like almost hard to believe like I just basically talked a dog out of vomiting on the floor that's impressive <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well if this programming thing doesn't work out there could be some animal <laughs> training in your future so to answer your question yes I can do a pet imitation <laughs> documentation isn't just for reading you can write it too do you need help developing a documentation plan for your application or team? We can help. Contact us for a free consultation on our website at nocompromises.io.